Thank you for listening to the Akuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, learning our purpose, and linking to our community. From wherever you are listening, welcome to the community. We hope you enjoy the message. It's great to be hanging out with you again, Akuo. If you've hung out with us at all this year, you know that the word that God spoke to us to live out this year is ready. Ready is currently constructed. And y'all, I've been so proud of you to see how you've been living this out. Not a matter of like trying to build new things within yourself, but really uncovering the things that were already there and using them, using these skills and abilities, not trying to find some far off place, but doing it right where you're at. That you didn't have to go searching for these fields. You understood that you were already there working in them. And so as we've been in this series that we're talking about right now called Storytime, we've been looking at the parables that Jesus was telling his disciples to help them better understand the gospel, to help them better understand how they were ready to live out what he had already given them. And this week we have a special guest joining us to deliver that message, Evan Henson. Now, Evan is a guy that is doing that. He is living out exactly what God has given him. And Evan and his wife Denise and daughter Izzy have been a part of our community for almost three years now here at Cool. I actually used to work with Evan before I got into ministry, and I've known him to be a great guy for a very long time. Now, as I was saying, Evan leads and does things that God has given him. He leads our Hebrews community group and has a fantastic message lined up for you today. So without further ado, here's my friend, Evan Henson. Good morning. I want to start this morning by thanking Humvee for this opportunity. Me getting to the stage has been a journey. At one point in my life, I wanted to become a preacher. I even went to Abilene Christian University for a year. But while I was there, I got a little disillusioned with the politics of the church. And growing up in a church where I didn't think I could ask the questions I had about the Bible. So it was at that time that I got a job at a TV station as an editor. I fell in love with it. I moved to San Antonio to work as a producer at Ken's Five and then eventually spent the bulk of my career at News 4. That's where I met Humby, and more importantly, where I met my beautiful wife, Denise. I made a career move in 2020, and I now work for communications for a local school district. That means it's my job to tell stories about students, teachers, and programs at our schools. So I guess it's fitting that Humby would ask me to preach during a storytelling sermon series. I am a storyteller. According to Humby, the best sermons start with a dad joke, so here goes. When is a car no longer a car? when it turns into a driveway. Get it? The car turns into a driveway. I feel like I nailed that. As I mentioned off the top, me getting here has been a journey. I thought this was what I wanted to do, but I didn't understand why having instruments during a service was wrong when the Bible talks about harps in heaven. I didn't understand why drinking was such a sin when Jesus turned water into wine. I didn't understand why Christians so often judge people instead of loving them. So we're going to spend some time in a story about a man who also had some questions, and a story about a journey. We'll be reading the story of the Good Samaritan and looking at the answers it provides. A story about a man who had a question for Jesus with malintent, and how Jesus lovingly dealt with him. I've come to learn questions are good. They aren't sacrilegious. They can lead to a better understanding and positive change. When you see Jesus be loving and understanding to a person with malintent, you start to think, how much more loving would he be with someone who's really desiring to know him more, 
Also, maybe we should be loving others more. So here we go. Luke 10, verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Let me stop us right there. Yeah, this journey is starting like any trip with a kid. As soon as we think we're getting on the road, we got to stop. But notice here off the top, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. It wasn't a pagan worshiper. It wasn't a person with an affliction. It wasn't a sinner. Although I suppose that last one was probably true. He was an expert in the law, religious law. Those went hand in hand at this time. He was a lawyer, essentially, trying to trick or test Jesus. I'm fascinated by this. These were church people. Church people that could have worked together here. But the legal expert wasn't looking for wisdom. He was looking to test Jesus, to show that he was better than Jesus. That's often the case in Jesus's ministry. Selfish people trying to trick the most selfless person who ever lived. We can be mad at him. We can see it 2,000 years later. But how many times do we go to Jesus, hoping he will agree with the answer we've come to? Even if we are pretty sure we know better. Matthew Henry, who put together a commentary on the entire Bible back in 1706, he puts it this way. Many people ask good questions with a design rather to justify themselves than to inform themselves. Rather proudly to show what is good in them than humbly to see what is bad in them. And I think that's exactly what's going on here. Let's keep going. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? I like this. Jesus quickly turns it back on him, lets him back himself into a corner. Jesus ain't falling for it. He, the man answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, and you will live. Seems easy enough, right? Jewish law had like 600 laws in the Ten Commandments. Jesus and this man narrow it down to two here. And it seems the expert in the law understood. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. As you may know, I lead the Hebrews community group. It's a group of guys who have a couple of beers and talk about the Bible. We're currently reading a book called Irresistible by Andy Stanley. It's his insights on how Jesus' ministry was irresistible at one point. His insight on these two commands is this. This was a framework that was far less complicated, but far more demanding. I want to read them again so we can look at how less complicated but more demanding they are. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. That's a lot of love. It's not part-time love. It's all the time. It's with every part of you, but not just every part of you, every part of every part of you. That's tough love. If we're being honest, that's love that's hard to find. Even for God some days. Heck, think about the person you love the most in your life. Do you love them with all your strength? With all of your soul? I love my wife. She's generally my favorite person in the world. But all my strength? Even when she sets a thermostat over 72? Even in this weather? I mean, other than Snowmageddon, I find little reason to raise the thermostat over 72. Ever. Let's dig into this next part before I get myself into any more trouble here. The next one. Love your neighbor as yourself. I feel we rarely give our neighbor the love we expect or the love and grace we give ourselves. 
Case in point, how much do we love our neighbor in traffic? We're on a journey, right? Let's talk about road rage. Over Thanksgiving, we visited an aquarium in Florida. Parking lot was packed. People were weaving through cars. Other cars were waiting for others. Kids were wandering through the crosswalk without a care in the world. The driver in my car had a lot of things to say under his breath or not so under his breath, as this case was, when dealing with the people at a crowded place the day after Thanksgiving, where you would expect crowds of people. As they say in the news business, he needed to pack his patience, and he didn't. I'm pretty good about that. I tend not to give in to road rage. Here's what I do do. It's less road ragey, more passive aggressive -y. When the car in the lane next to me puts on their blinker to get over, I slow down for them. I motion for them to come over. After all, Jesus tells us, love our neighbors as ourselves. And when I'm on 410, I would love for someone to let me over if I needed to get over. So I do the godly thing. But if they don't wave or motion to say, hey, thanks for letting me over, I will politely flash my lights at them to let them know they are welcome for my hospitality. I did that the other day. The guy led over put his arm out the window, and gave me a big thumbs up. And I was gutted. Immediately. I felt like such a jerk for making the guy thank me. I was being kind, but it was conditionally kind. I was loving conditionally. I was annoyed if my kindness wasn't recognized and appreciated. P.S. It's not the kind of kindness Jesus shows or expects. But fully loving someone else especially someone you don't know, that's tough. You know your motives. You know your struggles. You give yourself grace. You don't know the other person's motives or their struggles. You kind of assume the guy that's speeding up is looking to take advantage of your kindness. And then grace becomes harder to hand out. But let's be honest, Jesus knows our motives and our struggles and still offers us grace, knowing sometimes our motives are just as bad and as self-serving as the guy merging at the last minute because his destination and travel time are so much more important than ours. But he loves us as he loved himself. That's important. Let's keep going. So the Logsburg knows he's got these two new commands. But in an effort to continue to justify his actions and to trap Jesus, he asks, and who is my neighbor? In reply, Jesus said, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, he bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave him to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So there's the story. A man on a journey is attacked. Several people notice the attacked man, and only the Samaritan helps. He not only helps, but goes above and beyond. He clothes him, treats his wounds with expensive oils, sets him up in an inn, then says he will return to reimburse the innkeeper for any other expenses. Jesus uses three important groups here to make his point. 
his point that everyone is a neighbor. First, we have the priest who acts, well, unpriestly. This would be the guy the legal expert probably most related to. The priest would have known the 600 plus laws by heart, including the ones dealing with loving your neighbor. And even without Jesus's, Jesus's new understanding, the man who was attacked was most likely Jewish. So he counts, even in a self-righteous understanding. Second, we have a Levite. Levites were kind of like worship leaders, kind of. They worked in the temple. They worked on services. They helped. They did that sort of thing. So they were also viewed as pastoral, people that would help others. But he crossed just like the priest did. Then we have the Samaritan. This group was at odd with, odds with the Jews. This had to do with wars and land grabs and splits in kingdoms in Israel. Honestly, there's probably a very good parallel here to the extreme hatred and fighting going on in Israel right now. Samaritans had sort of a mixed religion. Jews viewed them as better because they were God's chosen people after all. Although Samaritans viewed themselves as true descendants of Israel too. To me, I'm thinking this is kind of a Church of Christ versus Baptist thing. All, all worshiping the same God, but maybe thinking they were doing it better or more right than the other. Times 10. This was well-established and well-understood racism and prejudice. And Jesus uses this known hatred to prove his point that everyone is a neighbor, even the people you don't like, the people who are probably hardest to love, to give that tough love to, the people who are hardest to love like ourselves. They are included in neighbors. Jesus continues here by finishing the story with a question. He doesn't answer the man's question. He lets the legal expert get to the answer on his own. He teaches this man to fish. After all, Jesus likes fishermen. Jesus says, Which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of a robber? The expert in the law replied, The one who had mercy on him. Those prejudices were so strong, that guy couldn't even bring himself to say the Samaritan. He would only say the one who had mercy on him. Regardless, he got the point. So Jesus told him, go and do likewise. And it just ends. I feel like this was a mic drop moment. I mean, after verse 37, Luke moves, up, moves on to another story. So I feel like this is the point where Jesus is like, okay, so you do understand. Go and do that. Mic drop. Moving on. In this moment, the legal expert wanted Jesus to confirm that neighbor meant Jew. That neighbor meant loving on the people who were easier to love. Loving on God's chosen people, the people like them. That would have been the easy route. But it's here that they learn that following Jesus is far less complicated, but far more demanding. The guy came in asking who needs, who he needs to help. He's asking for the bare minimum. How close can I get to the line? How little can I do to still get eternal life? But Jesus' answer is the, to the bare minimum is to love your neighbors generously. Love the people you hate. You aren't a neighbor if you aren't doing that. That is loving someone you might not understand. Loving someone who might not have your best interest at heart. In Luke's accounting, we don't see the Samaritan ask if the man believes in Jesus. If he's crossing the border illegally. How much he gives to the church. What kind of music does he listen to? What his sexual preference is? Or if he's a Longhorn fan. He just helps. And he helps fully. Now I'm going to admit, it's hard to love while putting your needs on the back burner. 
to fully give someone love who may not even appreciate it? Now I'll repeat what I've heard Humby say several times. There are unhealthy relationships that need strong boundaries. You don't have to be taken advantage of or walked on to love like Jesus. But here the message is pretty clear. People don't only deserve your love. You are commanded to give it, and you're commanded to give it fully. I will likely never see the guy who cuts me off on 410 again. In that moment, though, I can show him Jesus or a choice finger. Honestly, though, he may not see either one. But you know who will notice? Jesus. The tiny passengers in your back seat. Your wife, for sure. She notices everything. And you will notice. You will know you didn't treat that person the way Jesus commanded. That interaction will affect you. So love them the way you would love yourself, because those interactions will affect you. I think it's also telling that the guy doesn't say, hey, once you're better, you need to come to church. He helps, and that's the end of their interaction as far as we know. He just helped. He didn't make it about the church. He made it about Jesus. Maybe the person needing help isn't hearing the same calling you are. Maybe they aren't being called to Christ yet. But they are certainly not going to hear that calling over you honking your horn or screaming at them over what they've done wrong. They will hear and see Jesus in your kindness. So after you've helped and loved on them, let Jesus take the wheel. I got there. Jesus take the wheel. Nailed it. Craig Bloomberg sums up the Good Samaritan story this way in his book, Preaching the Parables. With the Samaritan, we're given a model of compassionate behavior to imitate. With the priest and the Levite, we are warned against allowing our religious duty to make us unloving. Can I get an amen? And from the man in the ditch, we learn the lesson of our need to be willing to receive help. So who are you in this story? It's easy to understand we're supposed to be the Samaritan here. But how often have you felt like the man who was beaten and robbed on his journey? Maybe you're struggling. Maybe you have felt avoided by the church. The good news is there are good Samaritans out there. And even better news, Jesus is out there. When you need somebody to pick you up, when you need somebody to love you, when you need somebody to go the extra mile for you, Jesus is there. He's already loved you like no one else can, giving up his life so that you can not only overcome those bad spots in your journey, but have everlasting life with him. Jesus is there to care for you, to pay the innkeeper and give you hope. So whether you are walking the path, wanting to be the good Samaritan and find yourself crossing the road like the priest or the Levite, or you're the person feeling beaten up and robbed, Jesus is there. Jesus is there for all people, and he's here for you today. So if you're ready to take on the higher calling, the less complicated but far more difficult task of loving others, Jesus is ready, and so are you. You're ready right now. And if you are beaten down and need help, Jesus is ready for you too. All you've got to do is pray. So let's all pray together. Jesus, I love you. I appreciate your sacrifice for us and the example that you give today. The best way that I know how, I want to follow you. I pray that you help me on my journey and on my path to be closer to you 
and be more loving to the people around me. Amen. Now at Akuo, we talk about how the most important ability is just availability. So I want us to take a moment to just be available to God. Take a moment, moment to listen. What I've talked about today is much easier to preach on than it is to do. So I want us all to take some time to listen to God. And after all, he's better at this than I am. What change can I make to start a better journey? How can I show love to my neighbor? Or is there a neighbor I can show love to in a more sacrificial way? Listen for baby steps. You probably aren't going to leave here fully changed and ready to fully love your neighbor. But you are ready to make some change. So ask, what change can I make to start a better journey? One more thing I want to make sure I mention here. This is from the great theologian Justin Bieber. You should go and love yourself. It's going to be hard to love others in the way Jesus wants us to if we aren't taking care of ourselves first. You need to know that you are worth it, that you deserve love. So start with yourself. Thanks for going on this journey with me. I hope you got something out of it, and I hope you can show your neighbors some love this week. All right. Thank you so much, Evan. We appreciate you sharing what God had placed on your heart. And you know what? Like, even though you're an Aggie, we, we still forgive you. We still love you, man. Uh, now, before we finish out, I just want to schedule or share our holiday schedule with you that we have coming up. Now, next Sunday is Christmas Eve. So we have decided to do our Christmas Eve service at our normal time, 10 a.m. 
We won't be doing a night thing. We won't be doing anything like that. We'll just be doing our normal morning service. And it'll be a family service, which means we will be worshiping right alongside all of the kiddos here in the Akul community. Y'all, we will only be meeting at 10 in the morning on Christmas Eve. That Christmas Eve morning, it's all we're doing. So the next week, it's New Year's Eve. So that day, we'll be having an online service only. Only online. You'll only be able to catch us online. If you show up here on Sunday, we won't be. Now, there's a couple reasons we do that. First, I want this to be a very personal time that you get to have. What we're going to be going through next week, I want you to have good time to do it as long as you need to do it. We're going to be going through some prayer. We're going to have some listening times. And I want you to have the space and the time that you need to think, think through these things. Second, the other reason we want to make sure is that we are giving our teams a break during the holidays. We understand that people are stretched so thin during this time. We understand that people are going through it right now. So we want to make sure that, that, that these folks in our community have a chance to just hang out that Sunday. Now to circle back, we are only having an online service on New Year's Eve. Online only for New Year's Eve that morning. Now, with it being the end of the year, we have seen some needs pop up with a few schools in our area. Last week, we found out uh, about and delivered a few boxes of paper to our friends at Franklin Elementary. They were running low. They needed some paper. We found out. We showed up. And the principal was so overwhelmed by the fact that we were able to do that, she was almost in tears. And we saw how much they needed this paper, so we decided to do, to do the same thing every month until the end of the school year. Now, this week, we reached out to the principal of Brooks Academy, Bonnie Salas, who is also a member of the Akuo community. We asked about lunch charges. You know, like when kids don't have money to pay for lunch, the school still gives them the food, but they make sure to keep the debt on record. Well, we found out that they had more than $800 in lunch charges rung up by almost 100 students. And Brooks Academy is preschool all the way through 12th grade. So there were like little little baby preschoolers that, that had money that they owed. And so what we decided to do was write a check to make sure that that debt wasn't hanging over those families' heads for something so basic as a school lunch. Now, I'm not saying this because I want you to give us like a pat on the back, but I want you to know that the only reason we can do these things, the only reason why we can show up and take care of people in our community is because of your generosity. So if you do give here, I, I just want to thank you. Like you are helping us make real impacts here on our community. So if you give here at Akuo, I want you to know that you are not giving to Akuo. You're not giving to us. But what you're doing is you're giving to your community through Akuo. Now, if you aren't sure where to start, if you're interested in being generous here, but you aren't sure where to start, maybe you haven't heard from God about what you can be giving through Akuo. One of the many ways that you can express your generosity here at Akuo is through the biblical method of generosity called tithing, which means giving a first, right, first tenth percent offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Now, that could be a place that you start until you figure it out, right? But what we really want you to be doing is going to the Lord and speaking to him. We want this to be a celebration for you, a celebration of giving back what you have been given. Now, the celebration of giving might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family right now, and that's okay. If things are tough for you, please allow us to be helping you out. We want to be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. To do that, all you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send an email to us at help at akuo.church, or you can also call or text the church at 
901-8785. Now, if you are willing to give here at Akua Church, the way that you can do that is by going to our website, akua.church. When you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text to give option. For that, all you have to do is text Akuo, A-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to give to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our PO box available if you would like to send your gift through check. For that, all you have to do is mail it to Akuo at PO Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. All right, all that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know that I love and appreciate all of you, and we will be praying for you now, and we will continue to pray for you throughout the rest of the week. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. Jesus, I thank you for today. I thank you for the way that you have been speaking to, to our people here. I pray that as they leave, as they turn off their phones and, and, and put away their laptops and, and get out of their cars, Lord, I pray that you would remind them about what they heard here today. I pray that you would show them what it looks like to be a good neighbor, what it looks like to love the people that are around them. I pray that you would show them that and that they would be able to live it out for you, Lord. We thank you for all these things, Jesus. We love you. We pray these things in your holy, precious name. Amen. All right, that's all that we have for you. We will see you next week on Christmas Eve morning. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.